Drive time on 91.3. Always on the cutting edge. Visit the Cape Drive Time. Welcome back to the show. 0829-913-913 is the WhatsApp line. Eshcom will begin implementing stage two load shedding from today. The utility said in a press release it needed to cut electricity off in order to replenish emergency generation reserves, whatever they might be. Fortunately, in Cape Town, we're not going to be burnt so much, but uh, if you're in Gauteng, you get four hours uh, at a shot. Online to help us understand all of this is energy expert Ted Blom. Ted, welcome. Hi, good evening. Okay, I'm going to quickly deal with ESCOM and ask you some other related questions. But um, yeah, winter is kind of almost around the corner, and I, I think you predicted it. As so many experts, that uh, this winter there's going to be quite a bit of darkness. Um, yes, there's a good chance of, of darkness, uh, even after the winter. Um, uh, the system is really in a bad shape, and I, I don't see it getting better at the moment. Uh, there's lots of noise and lots of money changing hands, but uh, very little progress as far as I can see. Now, I've been meaning to ask somebody like you about um, the whole Dorator uh, uh, scenario, if you know anything about it. He's been accused of being a racist. Um, he's been having headbutting with his procurement officer. Is this politics of somebody trying to do something better and those who've uh, managed to burrow themselves into the system are pushing back because their little nest eggs stand to be threatened by a CEO who wants to change things. Okay, I mean, uh, this is a very difficult issue. And the last thing we need in South Africa is more allegations of racism and, 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 and so forth and so on. But uh, let me put it on the record. I've known Solly for more than five years. And, in fact, it was he who encouraged me uh, to, on my own, take up some files from him when he was still at National Treasury and go and prosecute uh, those files in court so as to stop the Guptas. And it took me a bit longer than I thought it would, and I managed to process those files, and I cancelled it to get a Brackfontein Eskom contract, uh, which would have netted uh, the Guptas an extra 10 billion rand uh, if, if somebody hadn't intervened. Right. So for what it's worth, uh, I've had a, um, a reasonable uh, a trust relationship with Mr. Solid Tawongwa and uh, over a long period of time. So I hold him in high regard because he stood up to the Guptas yes. uh, where he was in his previous job. And it is for that very characteristic that he was sent to Eskom because it was clear that the Eskom people couldn't stop themselves from stealing and corruption. So he was put there as the outside eyes, eyes so to speak. But you must remember, Eskom does 10 billion rands worth of acquisitions every month. And it's not possible for any single one person to keep an eye on every transaction that's happening at more than uh, uh, nine provincial offices and I don't know how many depots, uh, a total of 450 sites. Yeah, it's so, difficult. Yes. As, as good as Solly might be or not, might not be, uh, you know, he's not MacGyver. He can't, can't be everywhere all the time. And um, But what Solly did take exception to was Mr. Derater uh, fragmentedly breaching Eskom's policy in that he approved 
certain things uh, where a company, and then in South African law, there's no such thing as a white company and a black company. The company, uh, court cases uh, from more than 40 years ago, said that the company doesn't have color. But nevertheless, the owners of the company, the um, um, writer approved some stuff for, for one company, and when a similar company, in a similar situation that was black-owned, uh, got uh, questioned, uh, the writer demanded a different procedure. And that's what, so Solly wasn't complaining about the writer right. and, and racism. Uh-huh. He was complaining about the execution of the writer's duties on a similar, seemingly racist basis uh, between two different companies. Yeah, that does throw a, a more informed light on it, um, I must confess, because um, so far the whole thing has been very short of detail. Uh, obviously, yes. Dorator said nothing. Um, I su- you can't expect him to say anything, I suppose. Um, if there is a finding against Dorator, this is just going to be just another blow for ESCOM, isn't it? And certainly for Dorator, because he's been there for more than a year. Uh, he's made a lot of noise about what he's going to do and not do and delivered very little to date. Um, uh, you can see. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Eskimo cannot afford, it's got too many big issues. Uh, it cannot afford to get involved with sideshows and so on. But that said and done, uh, the board also came out, and you must understand this double play, came out last week saying, all guns firing, saying they support the writer, they support the writer. And then the, the uh, parliamentary committee said, no, hang on. Uh, we want to first investigate. The writer's already in trouble because he's late with his results and the numbers are terrible. And there's 68 billion, get that number, 68 billion of irregular expenditure under the writer. It's 30 times bigger than the Guptas. Uh, they said the parliament said to him, we'll get to you later. But we first want to focus on this, uh, the way that you are treating white companies and black companies because we think that you are breaching Eskom's uh, uh, rules. And, and, and that is more important than the, the telling us well, you're sorry that you, you haven't delivered good results. So uh, now this week, the board comes out and says, no, 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 they're no longer supporting the writer because they're now supporting the new process and they're launching an investiga- independent investigation. Now, every time the board comes out, you must understand this. Somebody is spoon-feeding them. So it's a whole political game being played out. Uh, because half of the board is incompetent anyway. They couldn't, they couldn't spot an electric, electric spark if it hit them between the eyes. So, uh, yes, uh, I'm not confident that the board is any uh, a fair adjudicator of what's going on in Eskom. And, and every time they've done it, you will know. It's like the commission of inquiry. It all depends on the mandate. And if the mandate isn't unequivocally fair, uh, you, you've influenced the outcome before it even stops. You're just wasting money. So through all of this, I mean, how do we, I mean, we've had many chats about this. What is the short-term solution now? Because uh, judging by, by what you are saying, and I think the public is also getting a bit sort of disgruntled, um, Dorator hasn't been Mr. Magic Man. I, I think you predicted from the beginning that he wasn't going to be. So what do you think is in the medium term is going to be the plaster, the band-aid for, 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 for ESCOM? That's the only way I can put it. Okay, so I'm predicting that by year end, Eskom's output will be 20% less on average than what it uh, started off the year at. Uh, the EAF, the energy availability factors, are dismal and falling. 
so I, I think that uh, they've grossly underestimated the job of so-called refurbishment. In fact, I have it on good authority that there's very little refurbishment taking place because they don't have the budget, they don't have the know-how, and they can't afford to export everything to the manufacturers overseas to remanufacture. So we're just getting more of the same, uh, uh, paste, uh, cut and paste. Uh, that's what seems to be going on behind the scenes. And we'll hear next Friday with the State of the Nation address from the writer uh, how much actual uh, progress is actually made. But as I said, uh, I tweeted it today. It's time the executive of ESCOM stop being on roadshows, webinars, conferences, uh, TV shows, and spend some time at work and stop buying brooms at 238,000 rand a broom and market 56 rand a litre, of which they buy more than 10,000 litres every single day. Yeah, no, that certainly uh, doesn't make uh, for good reading or good hearing at all. Um, so with ESCOM's energy output dropping, um, do you foresee uh, homeowners, do you foresee the alternative energy sector, if there is one, stepping in or, or being able Absolutely. to step in? Yeah. Absolutely. And we can go back quite a number of years. Uh, before 2013, I was already calling uh, for homeowners uh, 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 to be liberated by tax allowances from Mr. Mbaweni uh, to generate power. I estimated at that time, in 2012, that uh, there would be about 8,000 8, megawatts of power available from rooftops, from, uh, from bricks and mortar buildings, never mind uh, the RDP sort of uh, efforts. And in, lo and behold, in 2013, uh, Eskom's then uh, Dr. Tobias uh, confirmed that 8 gigawatt figure and then left for the CSIR and is promoting that ever since. So, yes, I think it's time. Uh, renewables are toys for industry. They cannot supply the demand. They cannot supply storage. We've been hoodwinked uh, by, by the renewable uh, people and government to swallow that pill. And, and, and in terms of output going forward, it's just going to get worse because Mantash has mandated 12,000 uh, coal power to be taken off the grid, which is available 24-7 and replaced by renewables, which is only available 20% of the time. Somebody did a mathematical error there. They don't understand that 12,000 12, megawatts renewal is not equal to uh, 12,000 megawatts 24-7 coal or nuclear. So we are facing drastic shortages. The new CSIR report also confirms that. And all I can say to people is please, 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 don't panic, but get your homework done because there are a lot of fly-by-nights. If you want quotes checked, they must send them to me. I'll gladly check them free of charge or have them checked by my engineer. But it's time to start getting yourself ready on a modular basis. Don't go out and buy everything that moves, but start getting the first module of yourself off the grid. Which, how, do you, how would you advise somebody to do that? Um, is solar the way to go? Um, for households, for households. Solar, and if you're in a windy area or in a windy corridor or in a windy valley, you'll know if you stay there for a year or two whether there's wind. In our house in Santon, there's no wind. It's in the middle of a valley and, 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 and three valleys, three sides to the valley, so there's no wind. But uh, if people have got a reasonable wind and you're near the coast where it blows in the morning and blows in the evening, you can put up uh, one, one, or, one or so uh, uh, wind turbines a small one, like they got on the yachts and so on. And then uh, for the rest, you can put up a few panels. And then you might need to segregate your, 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 your circuit board in the house because you can't expect uh, uh, your solar and batteries uh, to pull your washing machine, dishwasher, uh, um, uh, geezer, 
and all the heavy, heavy energy consumption items. For that, for, for the heavy items, you must see if you can go to gas for stoves, gas for geysers, and and and, and uh, I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe roll up your sleeves for the dishwasher and the washing machine. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you need to start thinking out of the box. And, and not get caught short every time uh, this disaster with Eskom uh, is forced upon us. And of course, uh, I mean, uh, Ted, I mean, um, I, I know in countries like, I think it's Germany, where um, there's been a lot of uh, moves towards alternative energy, where people, um, companies and households actually feed the excess energy into the system, if I understand it correctly. No, that is 100% correct. They're far more amenable to uh, you know working together, whereas we find Eskom and the councils uh, don't want to buy our electricity; they'll take it for free. Uh, but just don't uh, don't be don't be abused by the German situation. Uh, Germany uh, is about just uh, on 50% uh, renewables, but whenever things go bad, pear-shaped, uh, they phone their neighbour, uh, the lovely French. And they tell them, can we borrow some of your nuclear power, please? France has got over 50 nuclear power stations, cheapest in, in, in Europe, and, and a surplus, and they help everybody out in Europe as soon as... Uh, and, and Germany, by the way, has switched on its old coal-fired power stations just before Christmas because they were drastically short of power. So uh, don't be fooled by all the, the spin. The same thing happened in Texas three weeks ago. They're 50, 47% yes. uh, renewable. Uh, they had a snow snowstorm. The, the windmills froze. Uh, there was no sun for the panels. And uh, they didn't have enough nuclear, oil, and coal uh, to keep the, uh, the, the grid fully running. They had to have load shedding. Interesting stuff indeed. Uh, Ted Blom, we have to leave it there. Energy expert, uh, thanks for chatting to us. And I know a lot of our listeners were sitting there frantically scribbling notes, but uh, thanks for joining (laughs) us. (laughs) You're always welcome.